Welcome back to the 12th episode of the CEO Journey podcast, where we talk about all things business, advice, and personal development. Today, we have got a really special guest on the podcast. He goes by the name of Abraham Lieberman. Thank you very much for hopping on the podcast, Abraham. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Super happy to be here. No, we really appreciate it. Abraham, could you just give a um, really brief introduction to yourself so the viewers can understand what you're doing currently? Sure. Um, I'm Abraham. I go by AB for short. I feel that Abraham uh, is going to be a good name when I'm 60. I'm still too young for that. Uh, I am the CEO and founder of Clicks Talent, uh, a, a talent agency that was just voted as the number one TikTok influencer agency in the world. Uh, we specialize in TikTok and have been doing TikTok for about five years now, long before anybody ever heard of TikTok and uh before TikTok was even called that, back when it was called Musical.ly. Uh, I started up my company um, way back then, uh, helping to promote new social media apps, TikTok being one of them. And little by little, we grew, and now we're, we're here today. Well, thank you for that introduction, Abraham, and it sounds like you're onto some really interesting stuff. Um, but I'd just really like to understand a bit of context about you. So, you know, what was your upbringing like, and who was young Abraham? Sure. Uh, so I grew, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I, I, I was there till 10 years old. Uh, I then moved with my family over to Israel, um, where we lived for about uh, for the last 15 years. Uh, I'm the oldest of seven kids. And uh, about three years ago, I moved away from Israel. I Traveled overseas a little bit. I went to live in China to work closely with some of my clients in China. I uh, then went to, to Amsterdam for about a year to, to work with clients there. Uh, I ended up in Los Angeles for about two years after that, um, working again with clients nearby. And uh, currently, I travel back and forth between Los Angeles and Israel uh, to spend some time with family and spend some time with clients. So is there anything um regarding your upbringing that really shaped the person you are today um so i i grew up in a jewish religious uh, uh home um and uh i think it definitely gave me the values that i have today when it comes to uh, being a good person uh hard work uh i believe my, my company was set up with the intent to help people that were being taken advantage of. And I believe that that uh, strongly comes from my upbringing where I was I was always there to help my mother with uh, all the younger siblings. And I was always taught that you should help out those that uh, are, are not able to help out themselves. So, uh, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And were your parents entrepreneurial at all? Or... Uh, no, uh, my father uh, went to college, uh, got, got his master's degree when I was like, 15 years old. Um, he constantly, he was always working in IT uh, his whole life. Um, he, he was going to start a startup at one point, but it didn't end up working out. So he kind of stuck to his IT corporate job. And my mom was always a stay-at-home mom. Um, didn't even, like, I don't, I don't think she went to college even. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So, and I think I read it, like, 18 years old, you went into the military, didn't you? Um, yeah. Yeah, so when, uh, being I was living in Israel at the time, there was a mandatory military draft. So for three years, I was in the military as a munition specialist. I was in charge of checking 
everything from small machine gun bullets, handgun bullets, all the way up to tank rockets, uh, grenades, mines, everything that goes boom was basically my job to make sure that it went boom when it was supposed to and not when it wasn't supposed to. Um, were there any entrepreneurial lessons that you learned from your experience in the military? Definitely. Um, you are going to have to deal with extremely frustrating and sometimes straight up moronic people at times. And you're not, there's nothing you're going to have, you're going to be able to do about it. They're going to be above you. They're going to be in charge of you. And they might not be the smartest people around, but they're the ones who you need to listen to no matter what. Um, and that definitely taught me patience and uh, it taught me how to deal with difficult people as I had to, my, my commanding officer was one of the most difficult people I ever encountered in my entire life, but I didn't really have a choice and I had to learn how to deal with him and, uh, and get things done. And that definitely taught me down the line was one of the key components that allowed me to do my job as a lot of my early clients were very difficult people. And by being so patient and understanding, I was able to work with them when nobody else was willing to. What's about the discipline aspect? Because I'm sure it's probably really hard in that, in that perspective. Uh, so for me, it was less of a discipline. I kind of made the army my bitch. Am I, am I allowed to curse on the podcast? Yeah, of so, course you can, yeah. So I kind of made the military my bitch. I, I, I was supposed to be on base for 14 days at a time and then two days at home. I was home every single day. I was smoking weed. I was I was living <laughs> it up. Uh, I didn't have what you would consider the typical military experience, <laughs> uh, as uh, discipline didn't really exist. It was kind of what did Amy want to do, and that's what happened. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I again, like it, it taught me how to game the system and how to finesse uh, very strict. Um, structures. So, for example, a lot of our clients are Chinese and in China. Uh, I learned this from working with so many Chinese clients, especially when I lived in China. They usually have a process in place. And right. even if it will kill them, they're going to stick to that process no matter what. So, working with such rigid people sometimes can be very frustrating and very inhibiting. Um, but I learned in the army how to kind of get around these rigid processes that didn't always make sense. And it definitely helped me better understand and better cope with my Chinese clients. So were you doing that full time or were you doing anything else on the sideline? What was so that? I was doing military full time for the three years. Uh, what happened was that about a year into my military service, I got bored of smoking weed and watching TV all the time. And I realized that now was a great time to try something out. I got a weekly pay of, I got a monthly pay of like 250 USD at the time, uh, which is nothing, but I also had no expenses because although near the end of the last year and a half of my service, I, as, as I mentioned, I made it my bitch. For the first yeah. year and a half, I was on base most of the time and it definitely was not my bitch. I was learning how to get there. Um, so during that time, I didn't really have anything to do. I didn't have any expenses. I had nowhere to go. I would sit around most of the day watching TV. And I decided uh, now's the time to try something out. I started, I started trying out some odd jobs and uh, eventually starting Clicks Talent. That's what really stuck. I saw that there was a need for it. 
And a little by little, over the course of my last uh, year and a half, two years in the Army, I built out my company knowing that worst case scenario, it fails miserably and I lost mm. nothing because I yeah. have nothing better to do with my time anyways. So it's almost like a, I've got nothing to lose mentality then. Exactly. I may as well try it and see what happens. Yeah. And um, why social media? And when did your passion for social media actually? Like, uh, so I was always uh, I was always a big consumer of social media content, YouTube content, uh, um, entertainment content. I've always been a big uh, movie guy. I love TV. I love movies. Um, I love watching content. It's my favorite pastime. And uh, one another thing that I really enjoy is I, I enjoy the status concept of like knowing like these yes. very famous people being in contact with these big famous people. Um, although it is very materialistic and most would say very stupid at the end of the day, I enjoy it. I really like it. Um, it makes me feel cool just a little bit. So uh, when I started, I started working as a freelancer for a social media app company as a social media manager. And um, when I was doing that, I found my passion for social media. I found my passion for content creators and I kind of turned that into my career. So did you already have the skill of being able to manage social media accounts at the time or? Uh, so I wasn't managing social media accounts. My job was to source talent uh, and uh, okay. talented content creators for a new platform mm. uh, to use the platform so that there would be content on the platform. It was a new social media app. So like imagine, for example, if you came up with Instagram, the only reason why someone would use Instagram is if their friend is on there, but their friend is only going to use Instagram. If you're on there, it's the classic chicken and egg marketing concept of what came first, the chicken or the egg. So I kind of solved that by putting content there so that then people would have who to watch, have who to interact with. And that was really my job. Um, and that's when I noticed that there was a need for it. And uh, I, I really started uh, digging into that. Well, you definitely got into the um, early onto the wave, didn't you? Uh, for sure. But I think I read somewhere that uh, whilst you were consulting for these companies, um, you performed far better than the uh, other consultants. Yeah, definitely. So I, I realized I had a knack for this sourcing talent because I was working with about 20 other uh, social media managers whose job mm -hmm. was to bring in talent. And for every 10 people that they brought in, I was bringing in 60. Wow. And it wasn't that I was bringing in 60 of crap. I was bringing in 60 high quality, talented content creators. Um, I started I started sourcing these talent from TikTok at the time called Musical.ly and, and Vine also at the time. And that's where I found the talent mostly. Um, and when I, when I heard from the management team that I was doing exponentially better than anybody else on the team, I realized, wow, I have a knack for this. I, I, I found something I'm actually really good at. So apart from being really good at, were there any other qualities that made you stand out from those other consultants? Uh, my communication skills, I, I believe. I've, I've always been a good communicator, uh, but again, in the Army, it really taught me how to say what I needed to say to get what I wanted uh, to an extent, to convince people. Um, I read a lot of, of books like uh, Dale Carnegie's book, How to Influence and Make Friends. I think, uh, forget the order, How to Influence Friends and and make people something like that. I had to influence people and make friends. Um, very famous book that really gets down into the core of how can you uh, convince somebody to do what you want? 
And that that really helped me, that book really helped me understand how to convince up-and-coming content creators to leave TikTok or Musical.ly or Vine or wherever they were and come on to these new apps that I was working with at the time. Okay. And um, from consulting to Clicks Talent, what was the transition? So how did you go from, you know, freelancing to having the idea to start the business? So uh, after about six months of working in the startup uh, that I started out in, uh, they shut down. I was working on the U.S. department of the startup, and my job was to recruit people from the U.S. They shut down the U.S. and that's inspired everybody, including myself. Uh, so I, I had nothing really to do at the time. I was finishing. I was nearing the end of my uh, military service, and I... I didn't really have any plans to continue pursuing it. I kind of was like, cool, that was nice. I made some cash. Let's now move on with our lives. I was planning on going to college and getting a, a regular job. And, and as much as I never wanted to work for someone, I realized that that's probably what I'm going to end up having to do. Um, but then one day I get a phone call from a friend that I didn't speak to in like almost 10 years who tells me that He's working in a startup and in a co-working space. He's sitting and he's sitting across from this new social media app. And he saw on social media beforehand, because I was promoting on social media what I was doing. He saw what I was doing, mentioned it to this new social media app sitting across from him. And um, they were interested in, in hiring me. So he got in contact with me, um, told me that this company wants to hire you. I was like, cool. Uh, I went to work with this company for a little bit again as a freelancer, uh, mm-hmm. again, sourcing talent for them, same idea. And then I got another phone call a few a few months, uh, a few weeks, a few months after that um, from a, uh, another friend. And he was in a club talking to some guy about what I did for these apps. And a very famous DJ happened to be in the stall next to him, overhearing him. Uh, this DJ was an investor in a new social media app that revolved around music and social uh, video content. And he asked to be put in touch with me, which we did, met with the CEO of the company, and mm. they then hired me. Um, at this point, I realized there was clearly a need for what I was providing. As mm. over the course of a year, three different companies heard what I did and jumped at the opportunity to hire me. Um, also, the second app at one point wanted to buy all the contacts that I made. And wow. that's when I said these contacts were worth something. So I said, no, you, you, he wanted to, I think, buy all the contacts. I had like at the time, like 60 contacts or like 100 contacts. And he, he wanted to buy them all for like 200 bucks. I said, no, you can pay me 300 bucks a month and I'll manage these content creators and I'll manage all these contacts on your app and I'll get them to create content for you. And you can pay me a monthly fee to do that, um, which he told me uh, he's not interested in until three months later when he called me up and said, okay, fine, we can't do this on our own. Come on to our app. So was that before, all before you went to university? Cause I, I think I read that you went to university. Yeah, yeah. So this was all long before I went to university. This was all right at the end of my military service. Um, then right at the end of my military service, I, I, so I started doing this and I came up with the name clicks content, uh, spelled C L I K S at the Mm -hmm. time. Um, because I believed that, that the company name should be something content. And I liked the idea of clicks, social media clicks, 
but Clicks Content, C-L-I-C-K-S, wasn't available, the domain, uh, clickscontent.com wasn't available. So I went with C-L-I-K-S. Um, later on, I ended up realizing that Clicks Talent made a lot more sense and having it wow. spelled properly was much more efficient. Uh, so I, I, and I was able to find that domain. So I moved over to that. Um, but prior to that, uh, I, I incorporated the company because I came across a fourth app. This app was offering me at the time $10,000 a month to work for them. Wow. Uh, that was more money than I ever heard of or dreamed of getting. So I jumped at the opportunity to work with them to bring all of my talent on board. And it was at that point I realized that this was a real business, 10 grand a month. I ready to incorporate, start filing taxes. Shit needs to be uh, kosher, as they say. Yeah. Uh, so I incorporated my company and, and about three, four months after I incorporated my company, I started college. Um, I went to college for two weeks and I sat in a class, my first marketing, my first marketing class, I forgot what class it was. They taught me about opportunity costs, which was something I'd never heard of before this class. Uh, he explained what opportunity costs, which for those listening who don't know, simple concept of like, it's not just what you're not getting, like when you have a job and you're not working at that job, it's not just the money that you're missing, but rather the the work you would have done that you're also not that you're also not like getting paid for. Um, so I realized the opportunity cost of not working full time on my company was it's not just that I'm spending uh, ten grand on on college and yeah. not putting my full focus in my company, but rather all of the work I would have been able to bring in, all the more money I would have been able to make if I was full time focusing. So that day went to the dean's office, dropped out of college, went to work full time at my company. Um, just grew from there. Well, it sounds like prior you prior you went to university, you could have been in a really like stable place with the contracts that you were getting. So why did you make the decision to go back into the conventional route um, if you had almost an idea that had been proven through the contracts? Because at the time I was, before I got the $10,000 contract, I was making good money. I think it was at the time uh, a few thousand dollars, which at the age of 21, right out of the military, no no degree, no no real experience other than working at restaurants when I was younger. Um, it was a nice amount of money. I was able to move out and get my own place. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, and And I just realized that at the end of the day, like it, at first I didn't think that it was necessarily going to turn into anything. Yes. So, and you know, you got to go to college and, and yeah. like that's what you got to do. You, you, you got to grow up, you got to go to college, you got to get a job. So I kind of just went with uh, what was expected, what was the, the status quo uh, until I realized that I had no interest in that. What would you say to an entrepreneur that's juggling um, a business with university studies? So when I was in, so after I dropped out of university, I was then invited back about a year later to give a speech in the entrepreneurial class about my company. Right. Um, my, my future wife at the time was in that class and told her teacher about me and uh, we were dating at the time. And right. the teacher invite, was very impressed with what I was able to do and invited me to come talk to this class. And what I found out when I went there was that there were two types of people. There are people who could be entrepreneurs and there are people that can't be entrepreneurs. Mm. 
And all those people, both groups were in that entrepreneurial class. Meaning if you're someone who thinks you could be an entrepreneur, but in reality, you just don't have what it takes, don't leave college, stay in college, get a degree, get a job. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help to go after something if, you, if you're not capable of, of dealing with the shit. I was working 18 hours a day. I completely gave up my, my, my family life, my, my social life for almost two years straight. I was working from 6 a.m. to 12 a.m. Sometimes didn't even sleep and just worked completely around the clock, worked my butt off in order to get to where I am today. If you don't have that in you, and a lot of people don't, mm. stay, stay in college, get a job, and go the regular route. However, if you do have that 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 push in you, if you understand that it's either be successful as an entrepreneur or be homeless on the street, that's your mindset. If it's black and white, you have no other option, and you can really stick to it, then screw school, stop wasting your time, and go focus on it. I'll say even more so, there are a lot of people who are making money. Uh, I see this all the time right now. We work with influencers who are making $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 a month, mm. but are missing out on opportunities because they need to get to class. They need to go to college. What are you doing? You're making twenty grand a month. Well, why are you going to college? You go to college to make money. That is the point of going to college and getting a degree so that you can make money. For those of you that are making money already, what are you doing at college? True, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. So, would you say it's a lesson of sacrifice, and you've got to understand whether you're able to sacrifice those things to be an entrepreneur? If exactly. You want to do that. Yeah. A lot and of people like to talk about it, but they don't actually have the balls to do it. I completely agree. Completely agree. So, you dropped out of university, took that bold decision, and then you had the idea of Clicks Talent. What did you do like after that? Did you hire a team, or did you just go out by yourself? And- so, uh, at the time, my brother moved in with me and took up. Uh, uh, some of the work that I had that uh, wasn't so important, uh, mainly uh, uh, fu- like updating numbers and Excel sheets and and kind of like watching the talent on the apps we're working with to make sure they were creating good content that we needed. Um, and just like kind of managerial uh, stuff like that. And in return for me giving him free rent, he worked for me and I paid him like 300 bucks mm-hmm. as well at the time um we we worked like that for about two two or three years mm-hmm. um i hired and fired people here and there uh social media managers to like handle some things they would come and they would go um but mostly it was just myself and my brother for those uh, two three years and then uh, i'll never forget the day that i I closed my first $25,000 a month deal. Uh, It was the best feeling in the world. Jumped up and down, got a little giddy. Uh, I I got a little bit sad because I realized I'll never feel this way again, no matter how much money you make, which unfortunately is true. It doesn't matter if you make a million dollars, a billion dollars. Once you make that big lump sum that really changes everything, everything after that is is irrelevant in comparison to the feeling. Um, So... That, that, that kind of sucks, but as soon as that happened, I then went and hired two more people to, to come work um, as at that point uh, that the campaigns were getting bigger and bigger. I needed more manpower. I couldn't handle everything on my own. Uh, so I hired my dad at the time and my other brother whose job it was to, my dad came in to act as the COO and handle uh, 
uh, the, the main, this big new project that we got. And my second brother came in to work on bringing in new talent for this new app that we're working with at the time. Uh, little by little, we grew. At one point, we hired a social media manager that now works for us. Um, we're about to hire a couple of interns now that are going to come do some work for us. Um, mostly a family company with a couple of uh, outsiders working for us as freelancers. What's it like working with family then? Difficult. Um, there was a time where uh, I was smoking a lot of weed. So starting out my whole company, everything, the way I was able to get myself to sit for 18 hours a day um, and not socialize was just by being high 24-7. <laughs> so by being stoned off my ass, I had no intention of doing anything except sitting at a computer and working. I know it sounds funny because who gets high and goes to work, but that's what I enjoy doing. I medi- I, I have severe ADHD, so I, I was medicating myself instead of taking, I, I stopped taking my ADHD pills, which would make me depressed and demotivated. And instead I started smoking weed, which made me motivated and happy. And uh, little by little, that's, that's how I was able to focus on launching the company. Um, after a while though, it got a little bit out of hand and I started getting a little bit paranoid. So as I made more and more money, I got more and more paranoid and got to a point where I believed that uh, my family was out to get me and they just wanted my money and they were going to take advantage of me and a bunch of other negative thoughts. And I kind of had a little a little mini breakdown. Um, and, and luckily, my family and friends were there for me and they were able to get me back on track and uh, uh, sobered up, no longer smoke, um, able to... Now focus and work all day without smoking, thank God. And uh, and I still don't take no, any ADHD pills. I'm completely against that. Um, and now we have a very good working relationship with my uh, my family. Uh, we, we work very well together. We complement each other's skills. We trust each other. And uh, yeah, works out very well. That's great to hear. So we were able to cut out the weed completely then and just yeah. let's make um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I dabble in the occasional joint here and there every yeah. so often. Um, I think that in uh, in in uh, controlled amounts, there's we can be very effective. Can help you come up with some creative ideas. Some of my best ideas of my company I got when I was high. To be completely honest, um, but uh, no more how it used to be. No more smoking twenty four seven. It's not a part of my life like that anymore. Um, just uh, I moved on. Grew up. No, that's that's interesting to hear. And if we take it back to your first year of business, how many clients were you able to sign in that first year? First year of business. Um, well, there was my first potential client. So before I signed that $10,000 client, there was another $10,000 client two months prior to that. Um, they were an app called Vigo. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got... I got the contract from them to sign on a Friday morning. I got all excited, the $10,000 contract. This is insane. I'm about to make a ton of money. Holy crap. And I got all excited and went out and uh, partied and, and celebrated and did not sign the contract. Um, Sunday rolled around. And when I sent in the contract signed, they said, uh, sorry, but this is no longer on the table. We were just acquired this morning by ByteDance which if you're not familiar, is the company that owns TikTok. Um, and they're not interested in moving forward. So that was a big lesson to me that when you get a contract, you sign it then and there. You do not wait. 
You do not celebrate until the money is in your bank account. Um, those were those are a few hard lessons for me. Um, but in total, in the first year, I think I had about um, three or four clients, but they were they were uh, ongoing clients. So it was a, a monthly payment. It was pretty stable. Um, yeah. That's a great lesson in there. Make sure you sign that contract, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, be on top of it. But yeah, no, definitely great to hear. Um, did you have a particular strategy to for outreaching to clients and you know what worked well for you? So yeah, it was a very simple strategy. Don't outreach to clients. Um, all yeah. my clients were coming to me. Uh, wow. So they heard about me. They found what I did um, and they came to me. Uh, the $10,000 client got to me because one of the creators I worked with on one of the other apps told the, the person in charge of talent at this $10,000 client app what I did and they got interested in me. So it was really word of mouth uh, that kind of launched the, my whole company. So word of mouth referrals then? Yep. And so is, is that just because you were so good at like what you did that people were just obviously recognizing you? I believe so. I believe so. I've always been a strong believer that the customer is always right. So in 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 Israeli society, you're raised to think that the customer is always wrong and that you're always right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has always irked me. I, I, I kind of kept my Americanness in, in that sense mm-hmm. where I, I believe the customer is always right. Even when technically they're wrong, they're still right. I'm all about that long-term gain as a, versus the short-term gain. And I'll lose, I lose money all the time on, on, the, on the campaigns and on clients with the intention of making that back tenfold down the line. And it almost always comes to, like, comes to fruition. So from from the early days of Clicks Talent to now what it is today, obviously a really big company, really well established. Um, how did how were you able to grow it? And what was the strategy that you used to grow it to the, to the point it's at now? Uh, the strategy was always provide a solution to a problem that people have and that they're not happy with the solution. That was always my mindset um, and combined with the mindset of succeed or be homeless, even though that was most definitely not the case. Uh, those two mindsets together, I think, really are what propelled me to where I am today. Um, at, at one point, the business, back when I was living in China, it's about two or three years ago, uh, we got to a point where revenue dropped down to $700 a month. I lost all my clients. And it looked like Quickstown was going to close its doors for good. Um, and, and that was that. Uh, and I, I sat down and I won't be embarrassed about it. I sat down and I cried like a little bitch. Mm. <laughs> um, after a good, a good couple of hours of crying and really letting it out, that's when I realized that I need to stop being a little bitch and I need to get up and change it and create the opportunities that aren't there. I then went and sat on my computer for the next eight hours straight without break all night long. And I was determined to sit on my computer and not leave my computer until I walked away with a new client, which is exactly what happened. Um, then uh, then that same year, uh, that around that time, uh, TikTok really started blowing up. And I saw people where this is the time of uh, Old Town Road when people realized the potential for TikTok and for songs going viral. Um, I did it and I, and although I still was continuing 
to promote social media apps. I have started now doing TikTok promotions with the creators that I was using for these apps. So basically I was sourcing talent from TikTok to come to all these new apps that we were working with at the time. And they're creating content. Little by little, I built up this network at the time of over a thousand people that have worked with me on multiple different apps. They all knew who I was. Some of these content creators really started blowing up on TikTok, reaching millions of followers. And I came and I and I said, hey, let me represent you and be your agent at as non-exclusive, no commitment. And let me get you work. And they were like, sure. I then went out and started finding brands that um, I would tell them these are our influencers. Let me let me set up promotions little by little, built up that side of our business, which is now the majority of our business, uh, which is TikTok marketing. Um, we pivoted again about a year later and we went from music influencer marketing on TikTok to brand marketing on TikTok. So now uh, a majority of our work is actually brand brand influencer marketing versus music influencer marketing versus social media app uh, promotions. And so it's just all about constantly being flexible and changing with the industry. Whenever there's a demand and there's no one to properly serve it, I try to swoop in and uh, deliver what I can. So you're constantly finding ways to pivot or is it just you see and then you're like, right, well, we need to change this. And then you change the systems and take off with it. Exactly. So the question is always, what can I do differently? So I also set up my company in a way where even so technically a lot of agencies, their livelihood is dependent on the social media apps that they're on. Mm -hmm. If TikTok goes away tomorrow, then a lot of TikTok influencer agencies close their doors. That's that. However, being how we work, we've worked with over 35 different social media apps in the mm-hmm. short video and live streaming uh, sub industry. Um, some of them with millions of users, but none of them app names that anyone's going to recognize as they aren't no. that yet. Uh, but being how we work with them or have worked with them, we're already positioned to be on whatever the next big platform is going to be. So. Awesome. We're, the company's set up in a way where it doesn't really matter to me if if TikTok goes bad because we're ready we're ready to go with the next thing. With that said, as long as TikTok is here, we're going to consistently pivot and come up with new ideas and how to make money and things that we can do. Um, and yeah. So so on that point, where do you see the future of content, and what advice would you give and to an entrepreneur to best position themselves to take full advantage of the future of content? Um, I would say start creating content, create short form content, post it everywhere, whether that's YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, just get it out there, get your content out there. Um, the, the world is definitely moving in, in, in what I believe is like a wave where it's kind of short form content, but then it's long form Mm -hmm. content. Um, it feels like there's a wave in, in, in the world right now. Uh, where there's there's a year where everybody wants short form content, like mm. let's think pre-COVID where everyone's running, no one has any time, and then think during COVID where everyone's at home and everyone's back on long form content. So it the, the world is definitely moving in the direction of content. Uh, if it's going to be short form or long form, it's still hard to tell. Uh, but as the world goes back to how it was pre-COVID, I would say we're shifting more to a short-form content live streaming uh, society. Uh, you have shoppable live streaming that's coming to Amazon and TikTok. It's already in the TikTok, in TikTok UK. 
that's coming to TikTok US. It's extremely successful in China on the Chinese TikTok Douyin and their number one rival by show. Um, so it's definitely the next step uh, in the evolution of social media. And uh, and yeah, you're gonna have shopper live stream, shopper videos. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we're going. So just short form content is just blowing up at the moment, isn't it? Exactly. And have you got any tips for making videos go viral as you as you're really immersed in social media or? Uh, I'll tell you what I tell my clients. Based on my experience, I can I can try and mold the content and work with the content creator to get the video as viral capable as possible, meaning it's in the best format, best lighting, best quality, best positioning as possible. And that de- that's dependent on every single video. It changes with each video. But when it comes to guaranteeing you to go viral, a tip to go viral, there isn't really any way to go viral. I have seen videos that I would bet my entire net worth that there is no way that video is going to go viral and all of a sudden, boom, millions of views and vice versa. I've seen videos that I'll bet my life on is is going to blow up, is going to be the biggest video of the year and it went nowhere. Um, What I've come to learn is uh, we're working with algorithms that are way smarter and way more advanced than us. And we and any time that we may start to understand how they work, they then adapt and change. So really what you need to do is simply create the highest quality content that you can. Okay. Look at what other people are doing um, and then just post it and get out there. Mm-hmm. And where do you see clicks talents in the next um, five years? Um, I see us still working on TikTok as well as a new app. I believe there'll be a different app at the time by then that is taken over. I mean, you have new apps coming out all the time, but they're mostly fads. Like for example, the, I think it's Be Real, whatever it is, the, 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 where you take the, the photo on both sides. So TikTok's already imitated that concept where there's a random time of the day that you can log in and they'll tell you, okay, take a picture right now. Um, that app is going to disappear in a, in a couple of months. No one's going to ever, if not even going to remember it. So you, you do have a lot of social media apps that are coming and going in the last few years. You had Zin, which at one point was the number one most downloaded app in the U.S. Uh, because they were paying tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars to people to use it. Uh, they were completely bleeding money just to get people to use the app and get it to number one. And that also disappeared. Uh, but I do believe that there will be an app at some point in the next five years that is going to stick and really do well. And we will be there marketing that app, promoting that app and marketing influencers on that app and marketing brands on that app. And mm. that's where I see us front and center. So it's that going back to the, you know, constant adapting, pivoting to different platforms and new and upcoming platforms. You know, that's, that's really interesting. And do you have any thoughts on web free and how you could integrate that into clicks talent? Uh, Web3 is less my forte. Um, I find the metaverse, Web3, NFTs, crypto to be uh, a very niche area um, and a buzzword. I find it to be like honestly a fad. I think that in 10 years from now, you're going to have people who still use NFTs. You're going to have people that do crypto. You're going to have people doing all this stuff, but the same way you have people who like to play Call of Duty and Mm. people who like to collect stamps. Uh, You'll have this niche group of people that that that's their thing. They're Bitcoin people. They're they're crypto people. They're NFT people. They're metaverse people. 
I don't see it realistically catching on, at least not in its current form. It may evolve, and and in which case things will be different. But at the moment, I don't. Uh, uh, I honestly, I don't see how it. it how we could interact with clicks and and get involved in this industry other than it being a simple cash grab no and it's interesting to hear your thoughts on that because obviously a lot of people are talking about that at the moment and there has and there has been you know quite a lot of noise around influencers and nfts and all that sort of stuff so yeah yeah, it's great to hear your thoughts on that and i think a it's a good place to wrap up on but i just want to ask you one more question and that is, is is there anything that you'd tell your younger self if you were to look back um start earlier that's the only thing i regret that i didn't start earlier i mean um i i wish that i like i i wasted a nice amount of time going to parties and socializing don't get me wrong that's super important it really really is but i could have also gotten started i didn't have to work 18 hours a day right from the scratch i could like right from the start i could have uh worked a little bit start getting getting into it it didn't even have to be what i was doing it could have just been simple freelance work i started everything at the beginning as a freelancer on on freelancer.com i was translating documents from english to hebrew um i was proofreading uh things i was acting as a voice actor i was um i I was doing a lot of language focused stuff uh nothing to do with what i do now and and I would say just get started earlier. There's no reason why not. I spent a lot of time watching TV. And yeah. I I don't watch any TV anymore except for at nights for about one hour. I get my, my TV show in, my movie in, and that's about it. I don't watch TV otherwise. Um, if, I, if I'm on the train, if I'm waiting for something, if I, if I have time on my hands, always work focused, always thinking, what can I do better? Um, so... Really, just the only advice I have is start earlier. Start as early as you can. There's no, there's no age that's too young to start. No, that's a great piece of advice, and uh, yeah, great place to wrap up on. Thank you very much, Abraham, for you know hopping on. Really appreciate it, and uh, thank you for giving My us pleasure. time. It's been so much useful information here, and it's just great to see how you progress throughout your journey. Have you got any last words for the viewers or anything you want to say? Um, just keep grinding out there for those of you that are. Uh, that are really trying that are they're giving it their, their 18 hours um something that i learned is you don't need to be good at what you do you just need to be a little bit less shitty than everybody else so focus on not being as shitty as everybody else and you'll be perfectly fine yeah no that's great thank you so much abraham um I'm gonna plug clicks talent in the description is there anything else can they reach out to you on linkedin uh, yeah, you can find me all across social media. My handle is the TikTok agent. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, whatever it is, uh, you can find us uh, or Clicks Talent across everywhere on LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we're everywhere. Um, feel free to reach out. Feel free to connect. Uh, anybody ever wants to, to reach out and get some advice, I, I mentor people all the time. I'm more than happy to give my two cents when I have a minute. Mm-hmm. um yeah it was it was great being here i appreciate you bringing me on and giving me the opportunity to tell my story and uh yeah 